My name is Julie Turney, and this is HR Sound Off, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent HR topics. But ultimately, we will be settling some of the many misconceptions that people have about the human resources profession. Some weeks you will hear from my guests, and other times it will be just you and me in the sound booth. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. So today we're sounding off with Rochelle James. Amazing lady. So many talents. So gifted. She has described herself in one Instagram post that I remember. She's a writer, a singer, a motivational speaker. She's a cook. (laughs) She's She's a poet, writing poems. All kinds of things this lady does. So she has a lot of passions, but as you know, HR Sound Off is all about HR and HR is one of her passions. And I'm grateful to have met Rochelle James. She's also the author of the amazing book, Best Fit, which speaks to recruiting. She has an amazing session that she hosts on Instagram as well as on LinkedIn which she calls Best Fit Fridays, where she answers everyone's recruiting questions or any HR questions that you may have. Rochelle is the source to go and get those answers. So ladies and gentlemen, take this time to welcome Rochelle James. Rochelle, how are you doing? I am good. Thanks for having me, Julie. Oh, you're welcome. Did I describe you right? Like I just remember... (laughs) Seeing that um, Instagram post and I was like, there's nothing this woman can't do. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were accurate enough. Um, (laughs) That post because a friend, like over the space of a week, she kept reaching out. Do you know how to do this? Do you know? And every time she'd ask, I say, yeah, I know how to do it. And then she says, what don't you know how to do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that's me. Yes. Amazing. So, Rochelle, as I like to start off every session, I ask everyone the same question. Tell me about your HR story. What is your journey and how did you get here? So my love affair with HR began back when I was in university doing my bachelor's. And I studied public sector management initially. And then I had to do free electives. Everybody has to do free electives. And I decided that my free electives were going to be in HR. And my first HR class, the lecturer had me mesmerized, like really had me mesmerized. And that is the moment I fell in love with HR. So my story starts way back then. I found myself in HR again and in love when I was asked to take over the health and wellness portfolio at Jamaica Public Service Company. And I was starting an area of HR that some people think it's the it's the fun and the nice to have but I enjoyed it thoroughly and I put my all into it and I recognized in that point that HR was also a space for me to to match my creative mind and my strategic mind mm-hmm. wonderful and you haven't looked back since then nope have no plans to <laughs> <laughs> that's great so Tell us a little bit about your book. What inspired you to create this book? Mm-hmm. And can you just give the audience a little sneak peek into what they can, what they'll find when they go into your book? 
So the inspiration to create the book came from just a compilation of experiences because eventually as an business, HR business partner, a big part of my role was recruitment. And myself, along with my colleagues, we were doing interviews constantly, days and weeks on end. And you should know what it's like when you spend an entire day recruiting five, six, seven people. You just take a short break for lunch and then you're back at it again for weeks mm -hmm. and months on end. And we wanted to change our approach to recruiting because once you open a, a, the door to an employee, you've opened them up into your own family. You know, you spend all this time with people you work with. And I recall that the vice president for energy delivery at the time was recruiting for a director post in the company and said he wanted me as his business partner to take charge of it. And I said, okay, I'm happy to do so. And he said he wanted it to be different. And listen, you see, if you want to give me a challenge, just mm -hmm. tell me you want something different. You want something creative. And I ran with it. I shared the idea with my boss and God bless her because she's this, she's the type of person who encourages you to think outside the box. You should live outside the box. Yes, I came up with these. We had always been doing behavioral interviews, but I decided to infuse behavioral practices in an interview space, the cognitive as well, and see what I got out of it and also infusing the crazy part of me, which is some ridiculous ideas and activities. Uh -huh. And they loved it. We were sharing it for a while among ourselves as colleagues, and I was sharing it with my other HR colleagues. And I kept it close to my chest because you, I've had the experience where persons have stolen ideas from me, and that can be traumatic. Yeah. And a friend said to me, and I'll never, ever forget this. She said, don't let other people's lack of integrity hinder your creativity. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book. <laughs> And that's how the book was birthed. Okay. And we really do see um, your ability to get a little wacky in the book. Yes. <laughs> With some of the exercises that you created. So tell me what the recruitment, walk me through the recruitment process for you using one of your scenarios. So leadership is something near and dear to my heart. Coaching and preparing leaders is important to me. So I'll just take you through one of them that I love to use for interviews for leadership positions. Okay. And that is, <clears throat> so we start off, I do my shortlisting and I love to use a shortlisting grid. I am not a fan of resumes. So I love to use things like LinkedIn profiles yes. and applications forms and that kind of stuff and your system right here <laughs> yes <laughs> yes my dear I, mean, I don't need a resume to know you you no. you can check your linkedin or i can that's call right that's right so, <laughs> i might get a lot of hits from uh, my hr well we'll get am, them together yes <laughs> that's okay that's okay so um once we're sitting in the interview space I invite the leader to develop their ideal team. And this is probably my favorite activity of them all, where everyone works with different personalities in the workspace. I present them with the different personalities on a card, and it's a cartoon version of an employee they work with. Mm -hmm. My favorite character. 
factor in that set of six is Larry the Lazy because everybody always says, oh, I don't want Larry the Lazy on my team. <laughs> Larry the Lazy is strategic. Larry the Lazy identifies inefficiencies in the business. So if I'm a leader, the first person I want on my team is Larry. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that activity because there are so many questions that you can ask that spin off from it. Yeah. And the best part of it, there's no wrong or right answer. Mm -hmm. The core of that, that question or the core of that behavioral scenario is as a leader, how do you see yourself in this team of six? Are they your underlings or are you a part of this team of six? Mm -hmm. Can you identify with the persons in the group? And then how are you going to be matching their and coaching, matching and coaching their strengths and their weaknesses to get the most out of the team? Mm -hmm. That really makes a lot of sense. And I can see why that would be your favorite. I do like Larry the Lazy as well. And, you know, in developing those personas, it really helps organizations to see that you can find all of these people within your organization at any point in time, most of the time. Yes. Um, it really lends to um, design thinking, which is similar to as you create those personas and you're looking at recruiting or as you create personas and you're looking at leadership development, the kind of people in your organization that you can look to and actually having them written down. And I think like a lot more organizations, HR professionals really need to look at developing personas within their organization. Cause it yes. makes a huge difference to filling a, a, a position. Yes, it I does. Think, it, does. it does. I think that that's a great concept that you um, put together as you put that in the book. So what is one of your biggest um, pet peeves when it comes to recruitment? So there is this photo that I, I love. I've shared it. I, I think it's on my Instagram, but I've shared it on LinkedIn, where there is this group, this big group of men, clearly in a competition, fit, ready to compete. And there's this one guy who's never worked out a day in his life, and photo basically says when you get this, <laughs> when you get applications from a candidate who just does not fit the job requirements, that's my pet peeve. Yes, pet peeve of mine. Um, if you're sending a blanket application for a job and you just want to be considered for any opportunity, fine. I can understand that for really entry level positions, but when you're you're looking at positions that require a specific skill set. I'd say doing the shortlisting and combing through and then you see someone who has absolutely no qualifications when you are looking for a chemist. It is sad and yeah. it, 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 it's frustrating. Yes. I think that that's one of, the, one of the frustrating things for me as well because you clearly know you're just applying for a job for the sake of applying for a job and almost like I would say maybe like 80% of your applications could end up being like that. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, for goodness sake, like, someone just tell people, like, look at the job description and make the connection. And clearly, you know, the job isn't for you. Just leave it alone. and Just let know, it be. Just or send me an email. Send me an email and say, I'm really looking for an opportunity. Is yes. there anything that you could consider me for? But the time it takes, I don't think people appreciate as HR professionals, the time it takes for us to read through resumes, to read mm -hmm. through these epistles that they call cover letters sometimes yeah. just 
try and find the right person. It is yep. tedious. It is. And the biographies that they call resumes. <laughs> <laughs> you see why I don't like them. <laughs> well, let's touch on that a little bit because I strongly believe that this is one of the things that I talk about all the time when I am giving lectures, the LinkedIn, because mm-hmm. I I truly believe that people, especially in the Caribbean, underutilize LinkedIn. Yes. I am glad that you agree with me. Because sometimes I go on a LinkedIn profile and I'm like, why? Yes. Other times I go on a LinkedIn profile and I go, okay, something I can work with. But then other times I go on a LinkedIn profile and I'm completely horrified. <laughs> Because I just find that people do not use that tool, that software in a way that it really was intended for because LinkedIn really can propel you, your career to the next level. So how do you feel personally about the use of LinkedIn and whether or not candidates are properly utilizing this resource? So LinkedIn is the biggest tool in my toolkit because I can reach more candidates through LinkedIn than I could through a newspaper ad. Mm -hmm. That's one. Two, as a professional myself, when I'm looking for job opportunities, LinkedIn is my go-to because I want to know the company I'm working for is cutting edge, is on top of their game. And if they aren't up to date on LinkedIn, where I can find out what's happening in the organization and when they're posting ads, they're posting it on LinkedIn because they're trying to reach the world. then maybe that's not somewhere I want to work because it means that I will be a paper pusher mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll be involved in personnel and not strategic HR management. Mm-hmm. In terms of the recruitment process, I, I use LinkedIn heavily. Because if you're just tracking your own professional growth, you're never going to remember all the things you achieved in the job you had 10 years ago. But if I update LinkedIn 10 years ago, and then I continue tracking that when I have to put together a resume, I can just pull from the things that are relevant to the job I'm applying for. But it keeps that catalog right here in front of you that you can always go back to and it's a reference point Mm -hmm. the third third and final thing that i want to mention is something i realize people underutilize on linkedin recommendations yes for persons you have worked with Mm -hmm. who have or even you're working with them now and they've had impact pour into them now pour into their lives, pour into their careers, mm-hmm. pour into them by simply giving a recommendation and do not, for crying out loud, give a recommendation to get one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I hate seeing it. But give a recommendation because you had this great experience with Julie, yeah. so you're sharing the recommendation about Julie. If you have a bad boss or a difficult boss, give a recommendation mm-hmm. to your boss. Just, just take the time to do that because it's likely that no one else around you appreciates them. Yeah. So take time to appreciate the work that they're doing. You might mm-hmm. not always them. Um, you might think there are things they need to improve on, but take the step to give that recommendation and see how even that relationship might turn around. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. Have you actually done that? 
Yes, yes, I I have given ensure that I given recommendations to colleagues, mentees, bosses. I am I, yeah, bosses, coworkers, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've tried to be as wide as I possibly can in yeah. giving my recommendations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've offered recommendations to people to say, you want me to write a recommendation for you on LinkedIn? Because it's also important to have that conversation. Yeah. So someone might not be looking or need a recommendation at that mm -hmm. stage. No, fine, give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. So have have that in your to-do list. Yeah. Here this month, I'm encouraging your, your viewers and your listeners to uh -huh. write a recommendation for someone on LinkedIn. Yeah. That really does make a lot of sense and really does benefit you in the long run. If you're intentional about it at the yes. end of the day, then that's yes. when you really get the benefits of it. But I really do like what you said about um, in terms of using LinkedIn as a recruiter. I live in LinkedIn recruiter. As a matter of fact, it's a constant tab on my computer. It's one of those tabs on my computer that never leaves. LinkedIn of itself and LinkedIn Recruiter, I always have them open and I work with them on a daily basis. The fact that you are able to create that talent pool without spending $15,000 on a newspaper ad for two days. Yes. Like, I don't even understand how newspapers are still getting business to put job ads in the paper. You have access to a whole talent pool without having to wait for a resume. Why are you not using it? Why are and, you and using it? The other thing I'm, I wonder too is, so I, I don't know how you go about your shortlisting, but if you're really shortlisting as a, mm -hmm. as a, as a recruiter, doesn't it make it easier to shortlist LinkedIn? Like mm -hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Why am I going to sit down and comb? I hate paper resumes. It is yep. it is a travesty to see what yep. people do to treat. You know what? Why not, why not just, just as much as paper resumes, Rochelle, is mm -hmm. when I go to email resume and I have to open the PDF for the let the application letter, then the PDF for the resume. And then if the person has a whole set of stuff at the back of that, whether because from an IT perspective, the tech guys like to put all their certifications and all yeah. their other stuff at the back of it. So sometimes you're looking at a 12-page document. Why would I do that? Why would I torture myself that way? Well, you're speaking about one of my pet peeves because I, I recently gave up the fight. I recognize no matter how much I preach it or fight or try, people will not understand the difference between a resume and a CV, so I've given up the cause. It, <laughs> it, it is, I feel like it's straightforward. I think it's straightforward. And I've been preaching the gospel so many times that I've just given up the fight. Well, I'm going to ask you to fight one more time <laughs> just, to, just to help our audience understand what you're talking about. Go for it. All right. So think of it like a sitcom or a movie. Right? So if we have the Avengers, you have all the different versions of the Avengers. You My have Marvel Iron Universe. Man. Yeah, exactly. The entire Marvel Universe. That is your CV. Mm -hmm. It takes into account every single element of your professional life from start to finish. Your resume is one episode 
one actual show. So the origin story of Iron Man, the first one is probably his resume for that activity, for that show. But the other episode, the other um, Iron Man, like the final one is a different resume. When mm. all of those combine, you have his CV. I hope that helps. <laughs> I am sure that the audience will tell us if it helps or not in the comments. <laughs> so tell me about best fit. So now, I, all encompassing with your drive to find the right talent for organizations, what made you create Best Fit Fridays? Question. So I had, once the book was out, I had friends and colleagues reaching out to me on a regular basis, asking for help, asking for advice, asking for guidance. And just so happens that this always happened. I always got these questions the same time every week on a Friday. Mm -hmm. So after a long week of probably stress at work and someone is saying, okay, I need to find a new job, then they message me on a Friday to ask what to do. Mm -hmm. So that is how Best Fit Friday was birthed okay and is that what's the future for best fit and what's the future for rochelle the author are we going to see another book is best fit going to become a youtube channel of its own <laughs> what's gonna happen <laughs> so rochelle the author i have had book ideas for the longest time i actually just completed i shouldn't say just i completed one book at the start of this year, mm -hmm. that's I wrote my father on leadership. And the, book, the name of the book is um, When Daddy Went to Work. It is my own reflections on seeing and observing him as a leader growing up through the different stages of my life and also what was happening to him mm -hmm. because he was very open with me. Um, I'm a daddy's girl. So he was very open with me about his leadership brand and things I should consider when I become a leader too. So just in those conversations, what I thought about it at the time and what I thought he was going through at work and now his assessment of what was going through his mind, what he actually experienced at work and what brought him to give me those bits of advice. Okay. So hopefully people like it. I'm sure, I'm sure we will. The next book that I have started, so that one is finished and we, we're hoping to have it out and published this year. And I've started another book with my mentee called Two Nuff Girls. So in Jamaica, there's this saying when, you're, when you are involved in everything and you're just extra creative and you are just always out there putting yourself out there, people say you're enough you're too much or you're like salt, you're in everything. Mm -hmm. um, this was my burden and no blessing. Mm -hmm. And it was also her burden, no blessing. Right. And it's just, um, the book is intended to be a source of encouragement for other persons who encounter that kind of bullying in school mm -hmm. and how to embrace your, your enoughness for want of a better term. Mm -hmm. So that. The, the next writing project that I have. Yeah, that reminds me of a saying that I, I keep hearing. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I read it again today, which is what other people think of you is none of your business. Yes, yes, so true. So none true. None of your business. If we thought about the stuff that people thought about, think about us all the time, especially in a negative way, 
we wouldn't do half the things that, that, that we're doing as... No, no, we wouldn't. And I wish I had that knowledge now. You know, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself these things because yeah. when you're being bullied or you're too involved or you're too creative or you're too this, or it, mm -hmm. it almost causes you to shut down yes. different parts of yourself and close those windows like tabs on your yeah. phone. And eventually, when you get into the working environment, because it's so competitive, you need to open back those windows and it's yeah. hard for you to do. It's mm -hmm. hard for you to put yourself out there and be vulnerable yeah. because you're expecting when you speak up for people to say, why is she talking? Because mm -hmm. you just automatically assume that you weren't supposed to say anything. Say anything. So going through, I mean, we call it bullying now. Yeah. In school, we just said it was teasing. Yeah. But truth is it does have a psychological impact on you and how you approach life even as an adult absolutely and i'm glad that you're doing this rochelle and i really do hope that once it is released but i just consider that there are two more books that i need to buy and that's, <laughs> and, and, and that's quite you. and that's quite okay well listen each one lift one right if we yes. don't lift each other up then how do we rise so yeah we can't rise on our own. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't have a creator and we wouldn't, he wouldn't have given us people to be around to help lift us up when we need it. There is this book, as you mentioned, that written by an, a Caribbean author. She lives in the US. Her name is Jackie Glenn. Mm -hmm. And the name of the book is Lift As You Climb. It is an amazing book. Mm -hmm. uh, and the concept speaks for itself. She takes you through that process as a guide, but it it, it encourages you to as, as you're ascending in life. You shouldn't be going there alone and you shouldn't Never. be climbing. You know, you should be pulling people along. You should be pushing people up above you. Yeah. Exactly. Always, always about elevating and lifting. And I think that's like one of the main reasons why I, I put this podcast together because there are so many HR professionals out there who don't get the opportunity to have moments like this. We don't yeah. all want to talk at conferences. No. <laughs> the introvert in me just shudders every time I have to speak publicly. And then I have to spend about just as much time watching Netflix or something else to kind of regenerate myself or recuperate from an exercise that has just taken every possible life piece of my life force out of me. But <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I'm going to do after this podcast, right? The rest of the day, mm -hmm. I'm in my sofa because <laughs> between this content building and all of those other things, and I think just like you, I have always been in that space of where people are like, they just melt. Yes, yes. But so it, it inhibits you a little bit. It, it does. And, I, and I've had those moments where I've covered back, so I cannot wait for that book. And I'm going to ask you to share in, we'll share in the comments, the other book that you just mentioned, we'll share that in the, in the comments for the podcast as well, so that other people can pick up those books. And we'll put the link to your book as well, that yeah. is out right now, so that people can see that as well. Because each one must lift one. Yes. So, the future of HR is sharp in the Caribbean. I am well excited, super excited for what is happening in, in our space right now in terms of how we have consciously made the decision that human resources in the Caribbean cannot continue the way that it is. Mm -hmm. 
who is going to propel it forward instead of asking the question we're just moving to action yes and the future of the caribbean and hr in the caribbean is sharp c sharp i am so excited for what is about to take place unfortunately just like most of us we who have been affected by covid 19 um, mm -hmm. what was supposed to take place in may this year has now been postponed till March next year, but yeah. nonetheless, the show must go on. But I want you to tell our audience a little bit about C Sharp. Um, what made you take this decision to start this movement and what we have to look forward to in March, um, where people can find tickets. We'll talk about all of that, but let's start the conversation. So C-Sharp, Caribbean Society for Human Resource Professionals, it started from a conversation. And I had the conversation at the Hermat HR Management Association of Trinidad and Tobago. They had a conference in November last year, mm -hmm. or the start of November. And at the conference, it just became so apparent. You know, when everyone has like that same light bulb moment, Yep. We all had the same thought, the same feeling that, listen, this was just not enough. We needed to be doing this regionally. And I remember after talking in many different circles about it with different persons who attended, um, <laughs> Margaret Spence, who was the, the keynote at the conference, said to me, so why, why don't you do it? Just very matter of fact, like someone needs to get this started. So, so why don't you do it? Mm -hmm. And I had no comeback for her. Mm -hmm. I had no response. <laughs> so I did what anyone else in my position would do. Mm -hmm. I started it and I did it. And the, the support and response has been overwhelming. We have uh, close to 140 volunteers, a part of the organization, yeah. experts in their field, excellent HR professionals mm -hmm. and HR groups. And we have a network of 700 and something professionals right across the region, persons who are genuinely interested in seeing the growth and development of the profession. Yes. And I, I must admit, I have met so many interesting people as a result in that WhatsApp group. Um, yes. So many beautiful people who really do care about the profession and want to see it go forward. I must admit, there are days that I can't keep up because. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I feel the same way. I'm going to be honest with you because, you know, we've, I'm still working from home. So and I'm still, you know, trying to do my consulting in the background, work with HR sound off in the background. And so sometimes when I go on, I'm like, I miss 150 messages. Like, what is this? <laughs> But I, I, I really do love the fact that I love the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. I love what you've done in despite the fact that the event did not take place, the chat, you didn't close the chat. And mm -hmm. I think what has happened as a result of that is truly magical mm -hmm. because now we have this support system that we really didn't have before. But I find that when um, I joined the C-Sharp chat, regardless of whether I participate one day or a week later, that 
everybody still embraces you no matter what. They pick yes. up dialogue no matter what. They're from all over the world and what from all over the region. And what I find is they're always looking for that opportunity to connect and share. And what I've seen created as a result of that in the last couple of months, Rochelle, is nothing short of admirable and nothing short of commendable to you and the spirit that you have to have had the desire to know that you could not answer her question and just do it. <laughs> and just do it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, you have to get up with that kind of, you need somebody to ask you that real question. Mm-hmm. Like, stop talking about it now. Yeah. Just, yeah. just do it. Just do it. That actually happened to me last year, September, when I was mm-hmm. saying to um, one of my family members, my cousin, who I share ideas with all the time. She lives in the UK, and I kept saying to her, well, this is my plan for 2019. I'm going to create this podcast. I'm going to build up my consultancy. I'm going to do all this stuff. And she was like, okay. I've heard you talk about it before, so okay. And in December, when I released the first one, she was like, okay, so now you're actually doing it. This I could deal with. So yeah. now when you come up with stuff, don't just talk about it if you rationalize. Don't sit on it too long, just do it. And I, I now have that as my personal permanent mantra. Um, and I think it was Mark Zuckerberg who said it, that if you wait too long to release something, then you're too late. If, yes. So don't sit on it, just release it. Don't wait for perfect. Sean. Don't wait for perfect. No. If it's not going to be because you are imperfect, you cannot create perfection out of imperfection. And you remove the opportunity to improve. And that journey of just improvement, I mean, there, when we started out in um, October, there were always ways and areas for us to improve. Mm-hmm. And with every passing day, as we find other ways and areas and opportunities to improve, we get to do it together. Yeah. So that's how you build the network. That's how you build the relationships that mm-hmm. are lasting and, and meaningful. Yeah. The other thing is that as HR professionals, people in, in our organization, people forget that we don't have a sounding board. We don't have a space to vent. Because right. most, if not all of what we do is confidential. Mm-hmm. So the only other person who really can understand what you're going through is another HR professional. Exactly. So what I love about the group is it, it, it creates that space where you can put down your, your, I like to say, the calming HR voice. You can put aside the calming HR voice for a second. And, and just scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. That's safe space. Yes. And we definitely need that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting patiently for the Slack channel, though. Yes, we're working on the Slack channel. If I can just do a do a shameless plug here too. Mm-hmm. I, I must say that Brittany and the team have really been instrumental in supporting the development of, of C Sharp. Um, when starting a new organization, you need that kind of strategic guidance. And I have to say that her mob has provided that kind of support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's really good because you definitely do need that because I feel like that's where um, the, the future HR professionals need to be able to look to mm-hmm. as well as the C-sharp, but they need to be able to look to their local HR association 
And while we are growing, I still feel we haven't grown enough. We have over 1,800 professionals in Barbados who are not members. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we have just 200 and something members. And I feel like, you know, we really can do better. Um, yeah. Growing that in Barbados. And, and I'm all for that very much so. Yeah. So what can the audience look forward to if they attend C Sharp in 2021? The ideal space to network. So for 2021, we continue to focus on HR and the different areas of HR. We are continuing to lead with our theme of load leadership elevated opportunities amplified unity ignited and diversity reimagined so we are continuing with that theme but in addition to that what we're hoping to pull in are people leaders because hr isn't just the responsibility of an of a hr department or a human resource professional because what makes our job difficult most times is when our people leaders drop the ball so we want to incorporate them COVID-19 has unearthed some inefficiencies and really has identified who deserves to be called a leader. And we want to create that space where persons who recognize, hey, I'm a manager, I wasn't a leader, then this is the, the place where you can come and retool yourself. Mm -hmm. What are some of the um, topics of discussion that we're gonna, are going to be um, based so not to touch on a topic but there, there is um a part of the conference that you won't see at other conferences that i just want to highlight so most times when you attend conferences you will have speakers and presenters work which we will have but we also want to incorporate a war room mm -hmm. so the war room concept we're we're trying to make it our own and in this space we are bringing like minds together to discuss a topic that is probably new to us. Mm -hmm. So one, one example would be remote working. Right. It is new to the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. How are we managing it? How yeah. are we preparing for legislation that will come as a result of it? Mm -hmm. in, the, in outside of a pandemic context, how are we going to develop policies mm -hmm. to operationalize a, a remote working situation? Mm -hmm. So in the war room would have those kinds of discussions. So when you leave now, there is a unified voice as what we can do as a Caribbean. And that is, that is our approach to certain topics. We don't want to, to bring in um, speakers who do not understand our, our social, mm -hmm. legal, and political landscape. Right. What does that mean? It means that I can always bring someone from Canada mm -hmm. who has experienced it, but right. they have never experienced it in the Caribbean. So they can provide um, anecdotal information, they can provide experiential information, mm -hmm. but it is our responsibility now to go in the war room, hash out every possible scenario, talk about what the union will say if you take this approach, and then hash it out and say, as one Caribbean unified HR voice, this is what all voice is saying. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm excited for it. Yes. That sounds really good. So my last question to you, Rochelle, would be, what is your biggest pet peeve that you would like to clear up right now that people have about HR? 
my biggest pet peeve that people have. Okay, so you know, anytime you meet someone and they hear that you're in HR, they say, Can I send you my resume? <laughs> HR professionals do not have this bank of jobs that they're walking around in within their purse or in their backpack waiting to offer to you, okay? So mm -hmm. that would be a pet peeve of mine. We do other things too. We don't just offer people job opportunities, but mm -hmm. the HR role is far more massive. Um, a former boss of mine used to, used to say, we don't need to spend our entire day being the agony aunt. So come to you to cry about their problems or their issues. Yes. There's a lot more to what we do than those things. Exactly. I don't think I could have said it any better. <laughs> but I, re I really do appreciate that because I find that um, a lot of people do come and they're like, yeah, can I give you my resume? Do you mind reviewing my resume and telling mm -hmm. me what's wrong with it? Mm -hmm. A lot more substance to me than that. Yes. <laughs> and to any HR professional. So yes. thank you for clearing that up. So what does the future hold for Rochelle James? The future. Oh, right now my future is built up in March 2021. I am patiently and anxiously looking forward to our first physical meetup for C Sharp. Mm -hmm. um, that's where my, my efforts are. I told you about the books that I'm yes. working on. So mm -hmm. that's where my, my efforts and my mind is focused right now. Outside of this, I don't know if you're aware, but I, I also run a nonprofit back right. in Jamaica. No, I didn't know so, that. Yes, Youth for Sustainable Development. Uh -huh. So continuing to build that brand or focuses on environmental protection and the sustainable development goals. So most of, if not all of our activities are kind of in person and with the heavy focus on COVID-19, no, we mm -hmm. are we are changing our story, mm -hmm. keeping the focus the same, but changing the way we deliver um, our care and our, our services to mm -hmm. so just revamping and retooling ourselves as a, yeah. as a not Very good. And I must say, as a, a sister of the Caribbean soil, my heart really does go out to Jamaica right now as you guys go through COVID-19. I mean, we're all in this together. Um, I actually have Jamaican heritage because my father is Jamaican. Um, and I do have a sister who lives in Jamaica. And I know um, every day that I talk to her is, you know, just holding out hope. And we're just trying to, you know, keep the faith as we go through this together. But I know that it's not easy for Jamaica right now. Um, mm -hmm. I know that you guys had your situation with the call center where with the cases. And I think that that's the case for us in Barbados with the National Assistance Board. Now um, all of their employees are now being tested as well. So there are lots of spaces uh, for room and for growth and development as HR professionals coming out of COVID-19. Um, with all of the things that we, we have seen, I, I'm sure that you agree with that. Yes, yes, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to sound off with me today. You survived your time in the, in the sound booth. Would you do me the honor of just telling our audience where they can find you on social media? 
So on social media, I am Rochelle A.R. James everywhere on social media. So I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I am on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Rochelle A.R. James everywhere. And I love the consistency of it. <laughs> it makes it easier for people to find you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it well, does. A pleasure to have you in the sound booth today. Thank you so much for your time. We wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Looking forward to C-Sharp and we will share the links in the comments on below this podcast so that you can see where you can purchase Rochelle's books and where you can purchase your ticket for C-Sharp. Alright, thanks Julie. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again when we next sound off.